Amen. Well, say praise the Lord. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. You know, I just love the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I love what we do, of course, but I just love knowing that we may have a, a plan, but when God changes the plan, we can just go right with it. Amen. And uh, he shifted some things this morning and um, really just changed everything that I was going to do this morning. And uh, I just love the Holy Ghost. And uh, while we were there worshiping in the songs that we were singing, they were stro- so strategic. A lot of times we, see so- we sing songs, but we don't even pay attention to what we're singing. You know, that's why David, you know, was so powerful in the kingdom. Because David, when he would write these psalms, he was writing them because he had a revelation of what he was writing. And the psalms that he wrote, they were revelation. And when he said, God, you're my God, early will I seek thee. Because he was living that lifestyle that God was first in his life. And, and that he would wake up in the morning and that would be the first thing that he would do. He would put God first, knowing that he is not perfect, but through Christ he was perfected. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know, and so when we come together like this and we, and we enter in these times of worship and, and enter these times of praise, you know, we, we need to pay attention to what we're singing. And that's why we're so careful because all Christian songs are not good. Yeah. Let me try this section over here. <laughs> I said just because they call it a Christian song don't mean it's a good song. Come on. How I many know there are songs that they have a lot of doubt and unbelief in it? You know? And uh, almost like country songs, if you play them backwards, you get your dog back, you get your house back, you get your... (laughs) Uh, Come on, amen? And, uh, but just because they put a Christian label in front of it doesn't mean that it's good. So that's why it's so important that when we worship God and we sing songs, that we sing in songs that are from the word. That are uplifting and that and about the faithfulness of God, how good God is. Because you understand, when we put him in, the Bible says in Psalms, it said, put me in remembrance of who I am to you. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we forget that our relationship with the Lord is personal. Amen. I said it's personal. And so when we have, we have to go at that as being personal with Jesus. Look, your, my relationship can be is different than Pastor David's relationship. Even though we serve the same God, we love the same Jesus, you know, and we, and we proclaim that he is Lord. Amen. But his relationship is different from my relationship because my relationship is personal. The things that I bring to the table. See, it ain't all about Jesus. It's all about us, too. You know, and I know Pastor David has been talking about and teaching, you know, on um, the, the supply and bringing your supply, you know, to the house and, and that that you have. And if you heard me earlier today, you know, I was talking about and share, while we were praying, I said, bring if you are if you're a person of joy, that's what you need to be bringing to the house. Amen. Because there's somebody may that you may be carrying joy on this side, but they're struggling with joy on this side. Amen. And. Uh, and so anyway, I know, don't pay attention to them. They're trying to find out what that noise is. If you have to, just shut the whole thing down. I can still hear me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't want anything distracting the move of the Holy Ghost and the Word. Amen. And uh, so anyway, so when, we, when you, you may have faith, you may be walking in a realm of faith that somebody over here is not walking in. Or you may be walking in a realm of faith or joy or peace that someone else over here is not walking in. But if you'll bring that, guess what? They get to partake of that. That's why the Bible says don't forget the assembling of the saints. Because when we come together, we are bringing something that is, that is fantastic to the kingdom of God, to the house of the Lord. Huh? Amen. I mean, I would love to say that we are walking in joy 24-7. I would love to say that we walk in peace 24-7. We have the opportunity to do that, but we're still living in this human body. And so there are times when the enemy will blindside you, but your first response to that blindside is going to determine what happens next in your life. So you can respond and say, God, you got this. Lord, I just trust you and I put myself in your hands. Or... You can start murmuring, complaining, oh God, I don't understand how this happened to me. You know, I I brought my offering Sunday morning, I brought my tithes Sunday morning, I prayed, and I don't understand all that. Then what happens is the enemy will come and he'll take advantage of you. 
Because the Bible says, lest Satan should take advantage of you, for we should not be ignorant of his devices. Amen? And so we have to make sure that we are covered, covering ourselves under the blood of Jesus, knowing that through Christ, he is perfecting us. Look at somebody say, you are perfection in action. Hallelujah. I said, you are perfection in action. Amen. Let me try this side over here. I said, you are perfection in action. Perfection in action. Amen. And so when you understand that, even though you may miss it, it's okay. The next moment, what you do after you miss it is either going to restore you, put you back in position and take you to another level. Come on. Or you can sit there and waddle in it and let Satan come to you and take advantage of you so that the next two or three days is going to be horrible. And it's not God's fault. So you can't blame God because God says, I've given you all the tools. I've given you everything that you're going to need. It's called salvation. Hallelujah. I said it's called salvation. And so in your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn to Romans chapter 10. The Holy Ghost just dropped this in my spirit. So we're going to run with it this morning. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, and everybody can pretty much quote these scriptures. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, it says this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and everybody say and. How many know that salvation is two parts? Not just in the natural, but it's also two-part in the spirit. It's you and Christ coming together. But it's also two-part in the flesh where you're confessing, but you're also believing. Well, what are you believing? There's a lot of people that'll come up when we have an altar call and they come up for salvation and they'll just be a parakeet. How many know what a parakeet is? They just repeat everything they hear. Huh? And they'll come up here and they'll repeat it because the pastor said, here, I want you to repeat this prayer to me. If you confess your mouth, I confess my mouth. But yet they'll leave here and be the same way that they came before they got here. Why? Because they didn't allow the two part to be released. They released one part with their mouth, but the heart wasn't released. It's a two part thing here. And so if you're not releasing the two part, then you're not getting the two part from heaven. Amen. So we see here, and so you understand, salvation, this scripture's here in Romans chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. It talks about if thou wilt confess thy mouth and believe in thy heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. Then it says, thou shalt be saved. And verse 10 says, for with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth, the mouth, everybody say the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. Now you have to understand, this, these two scriptures right here, it's more to it than just about being saved. This scriptures are not here just to keep you out of hell. Oh, come on. There's a lot of people that think, oh, Lord, you know, I've done this. and so I don't want to have to go to hell anymore. That's all good and wonderful. But you can still struggle. But you understand these two scriptures in the Bible in Romans here in chapter 10 is not just about salvation. It's about taking you to a realm that you can actually walk in that you're not going to have to struggle anymore. You're not going to have to deal with junk anymore. That you can actually go through the valley with a shout at and fear no evil. Because this is what being saved is all about. It's not just about not being able to have to worry about going to hell. But you can still have hell here on earth. Get mighty quiet in this full gospel church. Huh? I am, I, you know, I, I don't like to use this word, but it's the only way I can figure out how to use this phrase. I'm sick and tired of the body of Christ being sick and tired. Amen? Amen? I, it's, it's, it, especially in the world that we're living in now and all the stuff, we came through COVID, we came through all this, you know, and, and you do realize that they're already trying to come up with something else. There's always going to be something else. There's always going to be another thing. If you study history, there's been one plague after another plague after another plague. And even in Israel, if you study the Bible, the history, the way the Israelites came out is they had to endure plagues. Huh? Remember, they, they had to endure plagues. So they sit in the frogs. They had to deal with the frogs. They had to deal with the cockroaches. And they had to deal with the, you know, all these, you know, the grasshoppers and the locusts. And, you know, and they couldn't drink water because the water was contaminated and, and all these things. But you understand, they stayed the course. Moses says, if you'll just hold on through this, because it's not about you. It's about getting you out of where you're at right now. 
See, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it's not just about you being saved. It's about taking you out of your Egypt. Oh, come on, somebody. See, it's time that we as a body of Christ, we as children of the living God, is that we need to come out of our Egypt because the enemy has taken the body of Christ and put them back in Egypt and they've been there. They forgot that they're even there. Glory to God. And so when we're saying this, so if that's what got you in position, everybody say position. If this is what got you in position of salvation, this is what's going to get you in position of total deliverance. You understand, this scriptures is not a one-time event. The world will have to tell you, and the religious folks will have to tell you that this is just a one-time event. Let me tell you something. I experience salvation every single day. I live a repentant life every day because I don't want Satan to take advantage of me. So I put myself back in that position of that day when I said, Jesus, I need you. And I need you to forgive me of all my wrongdoings and all my sins. And at that moment, the Spirit of God came in and he took all my junk, which was worthless, and gave me all his stuff, which is invaluable, which is priceless. And so I decided a long time ago that I realized that this is not just a one time event because God is not a one time God hallelujah look we're already here we might as well have church amen and so when we see this this tells me something when you really break this down and you understand this because see when we understand that God is not a one time God or one person God he's a, he's a good daddy everybody say good daddy and a good daddy takes care of his children. Amen? Amen. And so when we see this here, we're talking about, you know, confessing with our mouth and, and believing my heart. So you have to ask yourself this question. What are you confessing today? If this is not a one-time event, if this is a, a, a blueprint, if I say blueprint, if this is a blueprint to success, Oh, come on now. You understand? This is a blueprint to success. This is a blueprint to get you out of your Egypt. This is a blueprint to get you out of your sickness. This is a blueprint to get you out of your hurts and your pains and your lack. Whoo. Huh? And so when we're talking about here, we talk about Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If, everybody say if. That means that there has to be a Holy Ghost executive decision that has to be made. You don't do this because somebody told you to do this. You don't do this because you do this because you're making an executive decision that you're not going to live the way you used to live. You're not going to deal with the stuff that you've been dealing with. Look, if you don't like what's going on in your life, don't blame the devil and don't blame God. Get it taken care of through your mouth, confession with your mouth, and also believing in your heart that what you're about to release out of your mouth is going to work. I had no doubt. Everybody say no doubt. I had no doubt, Pastor Peter. I had no doubt that when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life back in 1969 in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. See, folks forget, I was raised in North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel. And so when I remember just like it was yesterday, I can go into my memory bank and remember getting off the, at the third row at five years old, walking on at Kingston Avenue in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, walking out of that pew and going to the altar. They had color, the carpet was this color. Now, I didn't know a whole lot, Pastor David. All I knew was that I saw a change in my daddy. I saw a change in my mama because that tells me there must be a God. Huh? That's why we get born again because somebody in your life, you got to go back into your memory bank, how they used to be and all of a sudden they changed. The only way that they could change, there had to be something supernatural so there must be a God. 
And you don't have to be any certain age to experience this. But man, when I got a hold of this and I saw my daddy go from the meanest person in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, most feared person in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, to most loving person, to most endeared person that people wanted to be around him. And I'm not talking about years down the road. We're talking about instantaneous. He would kill you if you just said something bad about him. That's the kind of man my daddy was. The kind of man my daddy was that when my mama got, when me and my brother went to Sunday school at Grace Free Will Baptist Church in Rocky Mountain, he would pull up beside us. And he was so mean, he bought a brand new SS Chevelle. 1969 Chevelle. And he would smoke the tire and he'd come up and say, it's sure as hot as August. Y'all know how hot it is out there today, right? And all of a sudden, he rolled the window down and said, it's sure as hot out there. Wouldn't even take us to church. We had to walk to church. And then he would smoke the tires and leave us in smoke. But all of a sudden, one day, come on somebody, one day... Somebody, look, you're looking, you may need a family member that needs a one day. Matter of fact, you may need a one day in your life. You may need a one day today may be that day. But you've got to put yourself in remembrance of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago when he laid out on his cross and stretched him wide and they stretched him high and he began to bleed, come on for you and I. And he took on the crown of thorns to cover his mind so you don't have to have mind issues. You don't have to deal with depression. You don't have to deal with oppression because Jesus took care of it 2,000 years ago one day that same day could happen in your life right now glory to God say this could be my day everything is changing everything can be changing and this could be the moment that everything turns around in your life God's not a one-time event, God. And you say, well, I, you don't understand the, work, the, the life that I've lived. You don't understand what I've been going through and all the junk that I have been dealing with. Maybe you're right. I don't have to understand. I can't understand. But I do know somebody that does. Because he went through it. People say, well, you know, you know, he's Jesus and he don't understand. And let me tell you something. You have no clue. You think you've had it rough. You ain't done and did what he had to go through. But one day, one day, he took care of the days of being sick and tired. I said, one day, he took care of the days of being sick and tired and, and you going through and, and dealing with all this junk and all he's asking you to do. He said, I've already laid it out. Good Ephesians, take one real quick. Good Ephesians, yes, thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. For a second time, I'm going to read it real quick to you. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, He has blessed us with all. Everybody say all. All, all spiritual blessings. You understand spiritual blessings, that means it can cover whatever the devil throws at you. He said, I've already given you the tools. I've already supplied you. Come on. And if you've run out, he said, I've got a storehouse with more kids. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost storehouse. And so he says, so I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings that come from heavenly places in Christ. And so he, when he's talking about this right here, he prefaces this in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. You understand the only way to be in Christ in order to understand and to receive these spiritual blessings, then you got to go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, come on. That means the moment that you realize that, you confess it with your mouth. God takes you and he places you and puts you in Christ. He said, the moment that he puts you in Christ, he said, then you're blessed with all. Everybody say all. All spiritual blessings. Ooh, that means nothing. Everybody say nothing. Can come against you. That you can't overcome. And that you can't win. Huh? So the days of you being sick and tired can actually come to an end. The days of you having to deal. See, and this is one of the things. When you don't have a revelation of this, you're dealing Huh? I say you're dealing. 
not your job to deal. It is your job to receive. This is what I was talking about, a one-time event. God is not a one-time event. God, salvation is not a one-time experience. Salvation should be a daily experience so that when the devil does try to show up in the middle of the night or he tries to show up in the middle of the day or something bad seems to happen and tries to rock your world, you can go back to that moment and remind yourself because the Bible says, put me in remembrance of my word. Well, what does the word say? The word says that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that I am saved, therefore there is no past. There's no yesterdays, but there's only today's and tomorrow's, which Jesus says, I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings. Amen. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. So here in verse 4, he says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, according, everybody say according, as he hath chosen us. Now you understand, you're not an accident. You have been chosen for such a time as this. This is your moment. This is your time to shine. Why do you think the devil has been coming against you so hard? Huh? This is the reason why the devil has been coming against you so hard. Because he knows that once you ever come to the realization... Come on, that you have been put here for such a time as this, that you realize the authority and the power that you actually walk in. Huh? See, you understand, when the Israelites went through all the plagues, they were having an identity crisis. Let me try this side over here. Because if you read the scripture, you study the scripture, sometimes they would begin to murmur to Moses. Well, the moment you start murmuring, that means you got identity crisis. But God, but, but God sent Moses. He sent Moses to them and said, hey, I'm here to take you out. Then you fast forward, come on, a thousand years later, you fast forward, then all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. And, the, and Jesus tells them, the Father has sent me. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. The Father has sent me to take you out. And that same thing today, the Father is speaking through the blood of Jesus and through Jesus Christ. He's here to tell you. He said, I'm here today. I have come to Cherry Church of God. Here, come on, to this day, on August the 6th, 2023, I have come to this house and I have showed up to take you out. Don't think it's by accident you're here this morning. Don't think it's a mistake you're here this morning. God has brought you here for such a time as this because he's about to turn some things around. He's about to change your life completely. You're going to look back at this day on August the 6th, 2023 and say that was the day I came out of my Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say glory. Ooh, the days of the identity crisis need to come to an end. I see we need, we need to come to an end. We got we to gotta get to a place where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That we realize who we are because the day in Romans chapter 9, the day that you said, I, Lord, I need Jesus. Lord, I need you. I can't do this without you. And all of a sudden, the Lord came in and took all your stuff that was worthless. He took all your junk that had no value. Your sin has no value. Your hurt has no value. Your pain has no value. Huh? And God says, I'll still take it even though it doesn't have any value. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to send it back to hell where it came from. And in return, I'm going to give you joy. And I'm going to give you peace. And I'm going to give you long suffering. And I'm going to give you prosperity. And I'm going to give you joy. And we don't have to wait till next week, next month, or next year. What he's telling us right now that you have been chosen here in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, and I have according to as he had chosen you before the foundations, come on, of the world, that we should be holy and acceptable without blame. Come on, without blame in love. So he's saying this. He says there is nobody that can point their finger, no demon, no devil hell, that can point their finger, their fingers. you say, you're not worthy. He said, because I took care of that. I gave you worthy. 
So it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last week, last month, last year. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that you find out that you realize who you really are right now. Because the moment you come to the realization, get out of your identity crisis and find out that you are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then your identity changed. Your DNA has changed. He gave you a blood transfusion. That means that sickness and disease has no more authority over you because you've had a Holy Ghost blood transfusion. And the doctors say, well, you know, you may have diabetes and you got this and you got that. Oh, no, no, no. That's the old man. He said, that's okay. I'm going to go take my medicine. And what your medicine is the Holy Ghost. And you go to the word and you remind yourself who Jesus is, that Jesus took care of these things 2000 years ago. That's why he hung on the cross. And that's why the soldier pierced his side so the blood and water can flow so that the enemy could not get what was inside of him because that's where the power is. That's where the anointing is. He took he took he took your sin and sickness to hell for you. That's what he took. And in return, when God breathed back into him and he was raised from the dead and, and he took over hell and he tore hell up and, and he took back what belongs to you, the keys, that means you have the opportunity. He took back your DNA. He took back your identity that he gave Adam and Eve all those thousands of years ago. He said, this is who you are. He said, I'm placing you. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Come on. He said, I'm placing you today. I'm putting you back in the garden living. You understand garden living means there's no sickness. Garden living means there's no disease. Garden living means there's no hurt. There's no oppression. There's no depression. Garden living means that you actually can walk in the authority because he told Adam, he said, I'm giving you the authority. Now you go to work and you name it. And if the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one and verse 25, every name that has a name, come on, we have authority over it. So I always tell people, go to the doctor, get a name on it because once you got a name on it, then you have authority over it and you can tell that name to go back to hell where it came from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at somebody say, I'll never be the same. I love verse five here. I love this. It says in verse five, it says, having, having, that means he's designed this. I mean, he's already put this into motion. The blueprint's already been made. He has predestined you unto the adoption of his children by Jesus Christ himself according to his Good pleasure. Everybody say his good pleasure. His say his good pleasure. Go real quick to Ephesians chapter 2. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says this. It says, for we are. Everybody say, I am. I am. Anytime you say we are, you need to put I am. Huh? So I am. Everybody say I am. I am. His workmanship. That means you're his design. Now, if we really understand who Jesus is and we understand who the Father is, does the Father design mistakes? Hmm? Does, he, does he have, does he create beings with flaws? You know, there's some websites you can go to, you can actually buy high-end stuff with names on it, but real cheap because they've got a flaw so somebody made a mistake the seam's not just right there's a button not just right or something but you can get the name but it's going to be a little flaw it's not going to be perfect but that's not how God is God says I have never made a mistake in creating a being that means when he brought you into this earth he brought you into this earth with perfection on his mind So if people don't like you, you need to tell them to go talk to Jesus. <laughs> Ron, if they don't like you going to all these little, uh, what is Dollar Trees or is that what it is? Dollar General? Yeah, she said, I got to be specific, Dollar General. <laughs> if they don't like it, they need just to get over it. And don't be looking at Sandra like that. <laughs> Glory to God. But God made us who we are. Amen. He, you understand the reason why you like what you like is because he made you to like those things. Try this out over here. Huh? Because that's a part of who you are. Come on. So quit trying to change who you are. But allow the Holy Ghost to perfect that which he has already put in you. Man, if you allow the Holy Ghost to perfect that what's already in you, come on then you're not going to worry about what people think, what people say. 
All you're concerned about is that you have put yourself under the blood of Jesus. You have, you're, you're, the, you're the clay, he's the potter, and you have put yourself on the wheel, and you're allowing him to mold you and shape you in a way that he would have you to be. And it's nobody else's business. The only thing that you're responsible for is bringing that which he has put in you. My supply. Glory to God. I say glory to God. So here in Romans chapter 10, I mean chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are, for I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now you have to understand this is not a possibility. This is a guarantee. You did not, even though you may think some folks came from hell, they really didn't come from hell. They just acting like hell, but they didn't come from hell. Huh? Because they, they chose, come on, they chose to act differently in the way God created them to be. So they're actually taking on another personality. Huh? In other words, let's just say it like this. They got an identity crisis. Amen? And so we see here in Christ, he's unto what? Good works. Everybody say good works. And you heard me say before, because I've been coming here long enough now, that word good means far superior to the average. That means you're not here just to do average. Huh? You're not average. And God doesn't expect you to operate in average. And if you're not going to operate in average, that means you don't have to have average things. That means you can have far superior to the average. And that's what, that's what the, the definition is in the Webster Dictionary. We're good, far superior to the average. So it says when we serve a good God and he wants good things for you and provide good things for you, that means that you're not normal. See? There you go. You so we see here when he says this, for he says, for we are, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained. Come on. That means he's already put the plan, the blueprint into motion. Only your responsibility is to follow the plan. Amen. Yes. Amen. Just follow the plan. We get so tied up in it. We want to put our hands on it. We want to try to figure this out and how God's going to do this and how God's going to do that. When's God going to do this and when God's going to do that. And we're sitting here getting consumed with that that we actually miss out on what God is trying to do to you right now. I love what the Amplified Bible says it like this. It says, for we are, I am God's own handiwork, which means I am his workmanship. I have been recreated in Christ Jesus. That means this. I have been born anew. That means I have been born again. I have a new birth. That means old things are passed away and all things have become new. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm operating at a different level now. I'm, I'm coming from a different perspective. I'm coming from a different person. The way I used to be before Christ uh, cannot do what I can do in Christ. Because before Christ is what it is huh you hear what i said before christ it is what it is but christ you can change it does when he did on the cross two thousand years ago when he shed his blood when we ask jesus christ to come into our life he we have a holy ghost blood transfusion he takes our contaminated blood and gives us his perfected blood and through that blood it comes power and anointing with that and with the power and the anointing then we have the ability if we don't like something then we can change it Whew. why because we are his own handiwork his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus how is this possible because those who who do these good works God has predestined and he has planned beforehand in other words he has already planned for you to live the great the good kind of life the God kind of life that's his plan. That's the blueprint. And if you're not following the blueprint, it's not his fault. It's your fault. You need to get with the program. Huh? I'm just, look, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what the word says. I'm telling you what the word says. The word says that if you don't like it, you can change it. Why? Because greater is he. Everybody say greater. And so if he's greater, that makes you greater. You're bigger than those things. You're, come on, you have the ability to overcome all things through Christ Jesus. There's nothing that the enemy can do that can defeat you. Amen. Huh? Yes. Now, you may get knocked down. I said, you may get knocked down. You may get bruised up a little bit. But then you just pick yourself up because the bell's about to ring again. There's another round. Hallelujah. See, the problem with the body of Christ is they want to stay down and wait for the 10 count, and just be over it. 
And God says, if you'll just get up one more time. I said, if you'll just get up one more time. He said, I just need you to get up one more time. And I know I'm dating myself, but the Holy Ghost just reminded me of this. When uh, before Muhammad Ali was Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay, and, and he was in this fight, and I think it was George, uh, no, it wasn't George Foreman, it was um, uh, Joe Lewis. Was it Joe Lewis? Anyway, I think it was Joe Lewis. And anyway, he had, in the first round, he broke his jaw. Anybody else would have like, my jaw's broke, I'm in pain, I, there's no way I can take another hit. And he goes back in his, in his you know, the cut man in, in the corner and his manager in the corner says, you know, I'm going to throw the towel in. And he tells, he said, you're not throwing this towel in. He said, well, your jaw is broke. He said, my jaw may be broke, but I ain't down. He said, I'm going to knock this guy out. He said, how is it that you're going to knock this guy out? He said, just watch me. See, the world wants to tell you that, listen, you're in so much pain and you're dealing with so much, you might as well just stay in the corner and don't come out. I, you just need to throw the towel in. Well, if you throw the towel in, honey, then you lose. It's over. But if you'll say, I've got one more round. I can do this because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This time, I'm not going out there. But Jesus is going out there for me. And I know Jesus never loses. So Jesus is going to take this round for me because I decided not to quit. That's the greater one inside you. And all of a sudden, he gets up there, broken jaw and all. He goes out there, and he begins to fight. And the next thing you know, he just didn't knock him out. He knocked him out of the ring. So how is that possible? Because something, come on, that God puts in every single one of us. It's called that bulldog tenacity. It's called a will to fight. It's called a will to win. And if you could just tap in to that very thing that may be down deep inside of you, it'll rise up and it'll become bigger than you are. And it's called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And so when we live this way, he says, I have planned beforehand to, to, for us taking paths which he had prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living, I love this part, living the good life. Everybody say living the good life. So I have been designed and created to live the good life. Well, if you're not living the good life, whose fault is it? Huh? It ain't Jesus' fault. Huh? You know, when Moses showed up, the Israelites had been in, in prison. They had been, you know, slaves for 430 years. 430 years, that's a long time. You think you've been a slave over a situation. You ain't done it 430 years. And God sends them. Moses. Moses comes in and he tells them, the most least likely one because it's it's one of theirs, but yet one one of they, it's one of theirs, but yet one of theirs. Hmm. He's an Israelite, but he's also an Egyptian. He's an adopted Egyptian. Come on. But by birth, he's an Israelite. Watch where the Holy Ghost is taking me on this. This is just incredible. He just dropped in my spirit. If you are living a sinful life. That is not who you are. That's your adopted life. And you may be going good for a little while, but eventually the real you has to come out. And it's only through the real you that you can leave your Egypt. Because there are many people today that are living in this world. They're living in Egypt and they're living in the palace right now. In Egypt. Not even realizing they're in captivity because everything is going good, but yet they're still living in captivity. You understand, Moses was living the life of Egyptian, but he was still held captive by his DNA. Huh? And how do we know this? Because all of a sudden, something on the inside of him realized, this is not who I am. And remember that one of the soldiers was beating one of the Israelites, and something on the inside of him eventually came out. And then all of a sudden, he, you know, he kills the Roman soldier. And then they, you know, and then Pharaoh kicks him out. And for 40 years, he goes around that mountain. And he has the encounter. He has the encounter. And then he shows back up. He said, I come to take my rightful place. Huh? What was his rightful place? His rightful place 
was to take his people out of Egypt. Your rightful place is to take your DNA out of Egypt. Because see, there may, you may have gone through a little period of time and everything is going well and living a God, not a God kind of life. But eventually your true self will come out. And you'll realize, I can't live this way anymore. And the only way you're going to come out is that you have to realize, get over your identity crisis and realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, thank you, Holy Ghost. I said, thank you, Holy Ghost. So in, I looked in the, the, the New Living Translation says it like this, for we are God's masterpiece. Look at you, somebody beside you and say, you are his masterpiece. He has created you to be a new person in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things as he planned for us all along. This is who we are. We have been designed and we have been created to live the good life. But in order to live this good life, we have to live a daily salvation experience. Look, I found out a long time ago, God is not a one-event God. He's not a one-time God. His word is not a one-time event. And his word is not one time. Huh? It's over and over and over again. I have seen the goodness of God over and over and over again. Even when I did not deserve it. I received it. It's not about whether you deserve it or not. It's about who you are and who he is in you. Oh, come on. Man, when I, I, was, I was meditating this morning on just how good he is and how he's just, you know, even in our ministry and how he's just taking us all over the world. And, and of course, many of you know, I was just in Africa not too long ago and preaching over there in Africa. And I'm, and I'm, I'm standing outside and and it's nothing but, but just desolate and just the stench and the ugliness where I was at at that moment. And yet, in the middle of all that, I saw the beauty of the goodness of God. He says, it's not supposed to be this way. He said, that's why I brought light. You are the light. And sometimes... In the natural, it may look ugly all around you. And things may not be going right all around you. But God has placed you there at that moment to change it. Because sometimes we say, God, I don't understand why you've put me in this position. Why am I in here? And God says, because I can trust me in you. He said, I just need you to operate and true salvation. Everybody say true salvation. See this word true salvation. Is not just about. Not going to hell. True salvation is changing your environment. True salvation is changing your family. True salvation is walking. In the light of the spirit. That you can have whatever. You need in this world today. Thank God we don't have to wait. To get to heaven to have heaven. But yet we got too many people to live in hell on earth. There's a lot of people that love God, but yet they're experiencing hell on earth. But God says that you don't have to live that way. Because he has predestined us before the foundations of this world to live the God kind of life. So for me, pastor, for me, I live salvation every day. Look, we travel all over the world preaching the gospel. But there's not one moment, one day goes by that I don't start my day out experiencing the goodness of God. My experience is this, that I confess and I believe. And at that moment, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't know if there's words to explain what takes place in my life every morning. Every single day, I get to experience that little five-year-old boy. No, there must be a God because he saw his dad change. Saw his mama change. Every day, I get to go back and experience that moment because I remember I came to the altar and it was steps just like this. And I believe it was just three steps like this. 
And I put my knees on this step and I had my head down on this step. And I remember preacher Robert Durham, Pastor Robert Durham, who was the pastor of the church, came and put his arms around me and began to pray with me. Five years old. And I remember going back to my house that night. Because, see, you understand, salvation, my experience just did not start and stop at the altar. It started. And that night I went back to my, my house. Different. Five years old, different. I didn't know anything other than I knew I wasn't going to hell. Because Preacher Durham preached hellfire and brimstone. I mean, I, I mean, really, he scared the hell out of you. But I remember going back to my room that night, my bedroom, and me and my brother, we had bunk beds, and I got up, you know, I was on the top, and he was on the bottom, because if it fell, I wanted to be the one on top. I'll never forget 3 o'clock in the morning. It seems to be most of the time, Pastor David, it's always 3 o'clock in the morning ever since then that the Lord shows up when he needs me. And I'll never forget, it was 3 o'clock in the morning because we had a little clock in our bedroom. And something showed up in me that I knew nothing about other than I knew it had to be God. But there's a presence. I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Didn't know anything about the, you know, the voice of God or anything. But I remember it coming into my room and, and waking me up. And I sat up in bed. And the only way that I can explain this to you, it was like this fog came in our room. My brother's still sleeping, but I sat straight up in the bed. And all of a sudden, I began to weep. And I didn't know what I was weeping about. I wasn't sad. But the presence of God was so strong on me that there's something that had to be released. And the only thing is a five-year-old boy that could release that knew anything. I didn't know nothing about a shout. I didn't know nothing about a praise. But I knew something about tears. And the only thing that, I, that could be in me that would release was my tears. And I remember tears streaming down my face. And, and I knew then that what happened hours ago was real. It wasn't about me just repeating some prayer after some man. It was about me accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, everything that comes with the name of Jesus was put in me. We sing songs talking about there's healing in the name of Jesus. Well, guess what? I got to receive that healing. And I live that life of healing. Peace comes with the name of Jesus. And I get to experience that peace. That I don't have to be afraid of nothing. I don't have to be concerned about nothing. Nothing. And joy comes with that name. And I mean, we can go down the list for the sake of time, but we, I mean, there's so, everything that's good comes with that name. And at that moment, I realized that something was different and somebody other than myself was going to help me through this life. That's Romans 10. That's experiencing God at his fullness. And I get to experience that same moment every single day of my life. There's not one day because the moment I begin to pray, I go back. Not trying to go back. I just go back to that moment that everything changed in my life. I didn't have to be concerned about whether I was worthy or not, whether I was good or not. It, those things didn't matter. What mattered was that Jesus loved me so much that he took the time out of all the world and everything that was going on in the world. And, you know, Vietnam was going on. There's a lot of junk that was going on in the world back in those days. A lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of chaos. But in the middle of all that, Jesus took the time out. This little five-year-old boy on 605 Powell Drive in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27801 Zipco. Came into my room. I hadn't done anything great to deserve this. 
All I did was say, I need you, Jesus. Didn't matter how old I was, didn't matter nothing. He saw my heart. I was sincere because I wasn't just being a parakeet. I was honestly saying, I need you, Jesus, and I believe in you. That's what salvation is. Not a one-time event, not a moment in time, but it's a daily event. So I ask you this morning, let's everybody just bow our head and close our eyes. Father, we thank you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Ghost, wow. Mm. Father, I thank you for your anointing of your Holy Spirit that is in this place. So I ask you, Are you really willing to turn everything over to him? Because unless you're willing to turn everything over to him, he can't turn everything over to you. Because the moment we cry out to Jesus, the moment that we cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah.
you're here this morning and you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, I just want you to stand right where you are. Just stand on your feet. I'm getting ready to pray, but I'm going to release a breakthrough anointing. If you would just stand to your feet right where you are. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to release a breakthrough anointing right where you are. You're going through some things in your life. You need to stand up right now. Just stand up right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, won't you just lift your hands towards heaven? And I want you to repeat this after me. Say, devil, no more. It's over. I am who God says I am. And I will be who God has created me to be in the name of Jesus. Therefore, I stand my ground. I stand my ground. And I, with my mouth, release victory over my situation. Healing is mine. Victory is mine. Power is mine. And breakthrough is mine. In the name of Jesus. And give God a shout of praise. Come on, give God a shout of praise right now. Shout it's over. I said shout it's over. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Say I receive my victory. In Jesus name. So Father, I seal this service with the blood of Jesus. Not one person will leave here the same way that they came. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah, Pastor David.